Hello and welcome to Talking Baseball. It's September 20th. There's 11 games left of the season. And we got a lot of stuff to say. Hello and welcome to Talking Baseball, episode number 716. My name is Jimmy, sitting here with Jake and Trevor, who just left to take off his sweatshirt, I believe. Producer BBD behind the dish. And we've got some topics for you guys as the season winds down. And uh, the NL Wild Card and the AL West are just like those marathons where everyone's cramping and like hurt but they just need to finish. You know, that lady screaming, like crawling, and her, like, her muscles spasming that viral video? That's a fun one. Jake, how are you? James, Trevor, Davis, tiebreaker Trev. Hope everyone is having a great week so far. September 20th. That hit me in the mouth a little bit. That hit me in the mouth a little bit. Felt like September 10th to the 19th just didn't even happen. Uh Excited for next week of baseball. Trev, like you said, we're in a little bit of a show hole with baseball. It's like, give us give us the next chapter. Let's see the Rangers and Mariners figure it out. Um, but we got some other news. How uh, how are you doing, Trev? I, God, I know the tiebreakers are just still tearing you up. This, no, we don't need to talk about the tiebreakers, although I know James is going to go in a little <laughs> bit on the page that has been frustrating me for weeks on end. I'm doing great. I'm excited to talk ball with all three of you. I like when we have the split screen like we have it now. It's nice to have you, James. Um, you know, I agree with you. Like this little time here, the last uh, 12 games, you just want to get to the last four games because then we really know what's going on. And because of the extra playoff team and the extra wild card team, like, there's just there's still a lot to be figured out, which is the crazy thing, because right now we're sitting here and we know that, but there's nothing we can really do or talk about because they got to play the games. And then once we get to that last series, I feel like that's when you can really lock in on who's going to be playing who, what needs to happen. Yeah. Um, but right now we're just kind of like, all right, let's get this over with. I am interested in the in the Texas Seattle Astros how that plays out. The fact that we were we were talking about it, but the fact that Texas and Seattle play each other so much, and the benefit the Blue Jays and the Astros get by getting the third wild card spot and by getting the bye the uh, AL West for the Astros is a little bummer. Like if that is like I don't know, it would make it more exciting if that wasn't so easy for those two teams to beat up. You almost need, and I don't know which one, because I want all three to stay close, but it's impossible. I guess that's it. It's impossible for all three to stay close, I think. Because they're going to get wins and loss from each other. If one just dominates, that's fun, but now it's a two-team race in both areas. I don't know. I guess I'll see how there's, it plays there's still, there's still six games left. If they split those and the, the Blue Jays and the, and the Astros split whatever they're doing, we're going to come down to the last series, which would be great. Last game for Texas and Seattle is October 1st. 
I love. I would love for it to come down to the last. Day. I think everyone would. Yeah, that's kind of like best case scenario. And and Blue Jays have to play the Rays, who are still in it to win the division against the Orioles six times. So those games yeah. are going to be really fun too. So yeah, there are stuff. The NL has, doesn't do well, as much for me right now as the AL does. AL, there will be some fun dancing too. Um, you know, Trev, I. I respect your Minnesota Twins, but I do think some teams would rather play the Twins than Tampa, um, whether it's at the Trop or the new stadium, if they get it built in time for the playoffs. I haven't looked into that yet. Um, but that's going to be fun for the matchup side of things because, uh, God, the Trop's a nightmare. Well, they're moving to St. Pete. Seattle has their work. I just look at Houston now. They play Seattle as well. They go Kansas City, Seattle, Arizona. So Seattle has Texas, Houston, Texas, if I'm not mistaken. A little Texas two-step. You guys see any of the Houston Orioles stuff last night, man? The Orioles are such a problem. I uh, saw two nights ago. When Austin the- Hayes, two homers on your head. Like, they just, yes, they are a problem, man. Jolly, when we did baseball today, he says it just feels like it's kind of just their year. Like, things are going right. The ball's bouncing the right way. They're getting, you know, performances like that when they need to. Uh, the young guys they brought up have been great. Grayson Rodriguez had a mid-season turnaround like things are just working out we got jay flair in the bullpen now mm. it's what do you give him two or three innings last night uh the final box score i think it was two two innings I think it was two and they're looking for that uh hide after the game was talking about you know we need a right on right guy we need a kind of like a bulk uh innings reliever type guy and you know they have Enough starters, and he didn't really fare well in his his starter capacity in, in Baltimore. So I'm happy. Like if if this if he if, if Jack gets in there and has success and is a part of the run, that's all you can really ask. Well, for. you know what I always say about playoff formula is you need to send starters to the bullpen so you have length back there in the playoffs. You don't want to lose. You want to be able to you know have a guy throw multiple innings in a huge winning effort or huge losing effort. It's so many games now. So I actually, the teams that are able to do that, I, I think are way better off blue Jays. They have a ton of arms. Just need to get into the dance. Yep. And they need to make sure their eyes are covered by DL hall. We got the win last night for the Orioles with shady rays, shady rays, the best eyewear in the game. Today's episode is sponsored by shady rays. Our friends at this point, uh, because they make a world-class product at a world-class price, but not like in the expensive way, in like a, a good way for you. Um, and for our listeners, Shady Rays has given out their best deal of the season. Hello. Hello. How's that hit you? Nice. Week and a half left of ball. Here's our best deal of the season, bong. Go to ShadyRays.com. Code talking. 50% off two-plus pairs of premium polarized shades. But that now includes the custom Jake and Jimmy collab shades. Those weren't in there before. They are now. Go get yourself a pair. I wear mine every day. Um, sometimes I wonder if I'm being uh, a little, like, snooty. Like, oh, I'm wearing my sunglasses. I'm a proud guy. 
Wow. I am who I am. Back in high school, I tell him, you should be the man. Uh, go to ShadyRays.com, use code TALKING, 50% off two or more pairs of premium polarized shades. And tell your friends, because Shady Rays is awesome. I think we're, we're working on, with them on new things, bigger things. They love us. They love talking baseball. They love John Boy Media, and they are one of my favorite sponsors we have. Very easy to work with. Awesome guys and gals. Yes. Don't know how they are still in business with that unbelievable return policy. Trev and Jake, I did my Jimmy's Three Things episode on the Kenny Rosenthal athletic article about the Padres and kind of a crazy article, not a crazy article to write, but like you need to really stand by an article like that because basically a teardown of Preller, like just attacked AJ Preller and the Padres top down organization. Um, in like a long article that covered every aspect of the Padres. So I, I talked a lot. I liked my New Zealand guy, Don Tricker. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm interested to hear you guys' thoughts. But I think, yeah, I'm interested to hear if you read it, Trev, your thoughts on it, and and how much you, you know, obviously as a player, like how much can top-down org stuff affects things? We heard this in in the with the White Sox, too, about how when uh, – uh, Keenan Middleton said there's no rules. Kenyon? Keenan? Keenan. Keenan said there's no rules in the White Sox. And when you have no, like, this is how we do things. And the Padres, apparently, Preller's just, like, pedal to the metal too much. And they're saying that's why the players collapse, get tired. I, I was never part of an organization necessarily where the front office was down and I felt like they had a strong influence on day-to-day activities. Now, if there were suggestions they wanted to make, you know, if they wanted to be in the clubhouse, they wanted to come talk to you, obviously that's part of being in you know, uh, any company, any organization. You have to speak to some of the higher-ups. But as far as like, leadership and rules like that's that's the manager and then the manager sets it you know has his leaders in the clubhouse like those like the manager kind of sets well what he wants to happen in the clubhouse and then he goes and tells the dudes make sure it happens so in in the article that they say the dynamic is that preller tells Bowmel the like the things he needs to do as like the bad guy. So then Bowmel has yeah. to be the bad guy and Preller goes to the players and plays nice guy. So then the players can tell that he's making other people say the bad shit or whatever and like that's not Bowmel's thing. Like he, he managers are supposed to be like the players managers and like he I'm the advocate for the player. I'll fight for you. And instead, Preller is flipping it. I, I would, I'd almost fight back on that one. I'm obviously not there, but I do have experience with Bowmel as my manager and him dealing with a front office dude who's probably a little overzealous, Billy Bean. <laughs> um, and which in the article, they're like, Billy Bean, you know, stood from 40,000 feet away and let Bowmel do his thing. No, he didn't. Bowman, or Billy Bean was all up in the clubhouse. He was getting work in the training room for God's sakes. Don't tell me that Billy Bean was 40,000 feet in the air. That just wasn't the case. And in fact, multiple times I had Bo Mel call me in the office and say, Hey man, I really want to play you, but 
we got this lineup, and if I start you Lie. in this game, <laughs> well, yeah, well, whatever. If he didn't want to play me, but he, he the roles were reversed, is what I'm trying to say. Bowman was trying to be the good guy, saying, "Look, I we yeah. want you in here. This is the thing. I'm getting it from the front office. If we do this at this point, whether it was me or whether it was anybody else, if we do this at this point, I'm going to get a call from the front office. So now." This article was making it seem like it's reverse, like Bo Mel's is the bad guy. I have no. a hard time believing that. No, they're saying that that's what Preller's making him do, and that's why him yes. and Bo Mel have an unworkable relationship because they say Preller makes other people be the bad guy so he can always save face and be the friendly guy. And Bo Mel doesn't like that because it's not supposed to be that way. I, I just can't imagine Bo Mel being the bad guy and and not saying what he said to me like that's just all like managers who have to deal with the front offices which is pretty much every single manager in baseball now like deal with the front offices giving them a lineup uh you know talking about pitching rotations that that a lot of that all of it is you know a, a dance between the on-field uh, coaching staff and the front office but Bomel I just can't imagine him like ever doing that role, ever being that guy that he's the bad guy. That doesn't make any sense. That's not in his personality. That's not in the way he manages. He's a great communicator. Um, he does like, he'll let you know how he's feeling, but I would, I've never talked to anyone. I've never had any experiences where Bo Mel's the bad guy. That just like, doesn't make sense to me. Can I say something that's, and the answer is yes. Can I say, like, this got brought up on the Yankees broadcast uh, last night, and this is going to seem off the course a little bit, but I'll bring it back. That's what I normally do. Uh, Alejandro Kirk, our our short, thick king, won the Silver Slugger at catcher last year. Um, now, this year he's kind of been up and down with the bat, um, and he's had, he's had some injuries too. His numbers aren't awful on the year, but it's it's not where they thought – Alejandro Kirk would be, especially like there's some power. I wonder if there's an injury or something, whatever. But the conversation in Toronto, don't say that second T, is that Alejandro Kirk, you know, should really work on his weight this offseason and get in better shape. No one was saying that last year when he was in better shape. So this Padres season, that's been a bizarre one. And by the way, Jim, good to have you. By the way, they're on a six-game win streak right now, and they have the run differential, and there's a, there's it's been this weird year, and if you flip their one-run games and the extra innings and all of that, like it feels like they're the easy target right now, and they're kind of going for that. Where, you know, I, I don't know. I, 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 there's definitely things in a lot of front offices that need to be tweaked, but this year, season from the Padres seems like a bit of an outlier. And some of the hyperzooms, I think, are good. And there need to be some changes made. But a lot of it just breaks down to this team lost a lot of one-run games that flip every year. Yeah. And it they, wasn't theirs. They talk about that, but this article isn't about this year. It's like they've been working on this for a long time. Sure. About how toxic the environment is in San Diego. And they have players from previous years and front office people from previous years. So it wasn't this year's team, like the collapse in 2021, the fact that they've spent so much money and they've only been to the playoffs once 
and they have a New Zealand spy and Preller mm-hmm. makes all the players do infield and batting practice right. before every single game, which they're saying led to the collapse in 2021 where guys are just fucking tired. And Bomel's a manager who who traditionally doesn't care about that stuff, like gives the guys rest, gives the guy all this, but but Preller is the one saying, no, like work harder, go there. And they hired this guy, dude from New Zealand, Don Tricker, to make sure that the players' families were cared for and like everything was being handled well and that's his whole job, but he's trying to do his job and Preller's saying, no, not that. So the article wasn't just this year. It's about like how it's a takedown of, of Preller, deserved or, or not. They're saying he basically ruins everything with his like, you just have to do more and be better and that's the only advice he ever gives. So it's a weird article. That's what I'm saying for Rosenthal and them to write it like they have, this must have. This was an article that wasn't done in a week. Yeah, it's 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 Ken Rosenthal and Dennis Lynn, and you're right. I mean, it seems like it's spanned over some time. I just that's the thing about the, the, one of the one of the parts of the article that I just couldn't comprehend, or another part of the article that I couldn't comprehend is Preller, you know, dictating what goes on pregame and dictating what kind of work you're putting in. Here's my thoughts on the front office. You guys put the team together and then shut up. That's your job is to put the team together, get players here, and then you have managers and coaching staffs that are supposed to manage and coach. And then you have players who are supposed to get ready to play. Yeah. That's 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 the the hierarchy. You put the team together. If we need a piece at the deadline, Go get us a piece at the deadline. Yeah. You telling me what work I need to do? If you didn't think I knew how to be a professional, why did you bring me here? If you're this great talent evaluator, why would you bring me here? Like, and and that just to me is nuts. I, I can't. Yeah, you sound no like the anonymous way. players. And that's There's no way the front office is being like, you guys need to hit a hundred, you guys need to hit the high velo machine because we're facing a guy that that doesn't come from the front office. That comes from the hitting coach or yourself. But Preller is hiring guys that are yes men that believe like, in that. that don't even have the uh, well, knowledge. Well, there's the disconnect then because if you have a team like he has here in San Diego and you pay guys fucking two and three hundred millions of dollars, 11 years, 14 years, you don't need to tell those guys that if you're giving those guys that those type of contracts they don't need hitting coaches explaining how to run a routine like you are you're if you get that type of contract you're established you have your own routine it works you might need help if you go to a coach and ask for help you might need help with something but like for him to try to dictate pregame routines with guys like Manny Machado yeah Xander Bogarts Juan Soto like come on man that doesn't that doesn't make any sense. I honestly I read the article and for a lot of it I was like I don't know if this is if this makes sense. And that maybe that's the gist of it. But maybe if it maybe is it, true then you sound like the players that they're saying like this doesn't make sense. This is a bad make any system. Sense. Yeah. And that's where that's where the analytics side definitely kicks in and I know that's almost become a bugaboo to even say that word anywhere in baseball cuz either analytics people think you're going to use it the wrong way and attack or vice versa, basically. But 
Preller seems like he's a pretty dialed-in guy almost too much, and that's kind of the concern, that, yeah, like he, in his head, this work ethic guy has, okay, so more is better, so more high velo machine, that'll make us better, more infield, that'll make us better, which these are decisions that shouldn't be in his hands, and that's I, I think that's the best thing that the article is highlighting, and we've already seen over baseball in the past three years or so go from the front office is everything. We rule the world. We make the lineups. We we are. We know more than you. Up and down our organization. Where we've seen teams start to draw that line again. Because that's why. There's a reason that line is set up. Um, so I don't know. Hope, hopefully that's when they uh, they do their internal audit. Popular word this offseason. Um, and we'll see if Bo Mel is back for it. Because it sounds like Preller will be. Mm-hmm. Um that, you know, hopefully they check on that and they tell uh, your guy, Don Don Tricker, to get out of here. Mr. Tricker. His contract is Don up, Tricker. so they might extend him, though. Gave him a three-year deal, and then there was a three-year extension, and it was 2018 was the first year. So that, my math right there? This is six years? Yeah. If Don Tricker's one, big uh, contribution was, why don't they take more intention, like intent on their batting practice? Yeah. More... Uh, like, yeah, he's basically a toddler. What are you gonna do? You're gonna you better hire a bunch of former college pitchers to come throw live VP before every game. Yep, tire everyone out. Um, he, he asks why, Trev. That's his whole job. Get 600 more plate appearances. Besides your I, actual, I listened plate to appearances. the YouTube interviews with Don Tricker, and I read a ton of articles from New Zealand websites, and now and um, all of them, besides one, was kind of tangible. All of them were, what do you do? I ask why. Just asking why. The Power of Why by Don Tricker. Um, I think you could just like pay like an intern to ask why. Toddler, you can have bring your kids to work yeah, day. I think they just kids, walk that's around. the best why thing do to do. They do why do they do that? What? Why do you do that? You guys are, Don Tricker is one of the best speakers on this planet. And for you guys to He's put that, that nice down. Accent. Well, um, consultants, you know, he should be brought in twice a year. Consultants. At most. Consultants are good when they're <laughs> experts in that field, but Don Tricker they admit has no knowledge of baseball. They said he has, he came in with no rudimentary knowledge of baseball and no knowledge of the medical system. And he worked for the rugby team and he didn't play rugby. So he's kind of an awesome gig where he's a consultant to places that he industries, he knows nothing about, which the whole reason you would hire him is for an outside voice that like knows nothing, but to have that guy around for that long seems nuts. The players think he's a spy. That's so funny. The players think there's a man from New Zealand spying on them for Preller. That's awesome. And I just, when you say players, I think it should be driven home again. Manny Machado, <laughs> Fernando Tatis, <laughs> Sander Bogarts. These are, these are like legendary all-time players Nelson who are Cruz in their meetings. Team this year. <laughs> who are in their meetings turning their head and seeing <laughs> New Zealand legend Don Tricker. That's, that feels off. I actually have an example of real, real life. And I did this and I feel like this correlates to what Don Tricker does. No knowledge of the game really comes over to ask why I was watching a tennis match. I don't, I mean, I play like very recreational tennis, right? Mm -hmm. Very limited knowledge of the sport. I'm watching a match. And I said, you know what? These guys are professionals. Why do they have two serves? Why don't they just, Serve their first one twice. It seems like you should be able to get it in 
if you're a professional twice. And the success rate of your point, if you get the first serve in, is much higher than your second serve. And so, like, that's me just being, you know, an outsider, be like, this makes sense to me. And then you go look up and you and you start to see, like, you have to get to a certain percentage of first serves in if you want to do that. And only so many people can do that. And some people on the tour already do that every once in a while, but it's not worth it to do it all the time. So it's like, I'm an idiot and I just see something casually on TV. Mm-hmm. I think I have this, like, excellent idea, but I have no knowledge of the sport. If I said that to an actual tennis player, they'd tell me to shut up. Our, Is that our, what's going on? Our our buddy Meathead Rob asked me one time why there's not more bicycle kicks in soccer because whenever he sees a bicycle kick, there's a goal. <laughs> <laughs> hey, the Yankees just had to do this, man, because Rizzo came over and you had a lot some and, and veteran bats came over and they had this. Uh, they had uh, Dylan Lawson, who's a college coach who did good work in the minors. And his whole thing was train against high velo, just like Don Tricker said, and face high velocity and and hit strikes hard. And none of it resonated with Rizzo, DJ, Stanton, the veteran guys at all. They're like, what are you talking about? That's not how standing in on pitchers, that's not the brain-like waves we have. And they just, like, but he came and he overhauled the whole system. And the Yankees were like, all right, shit, all right. And they brought in... um, Casey is a former player. So, yes. How was that gone? How is, I, I, you know, I haven't even he's checked been on great that. for That's D- gotten better. DJ LeMayhew credits Casey for helping With him. His firm, like first half, second half. Splits. And his second he's half, like... yeah, is really good. Um, Glaber's had a good second half, but I don't, I don't know who's using him or who's not. And overall, sure. the team isn't great, but there's not a lot of talent. Tough on the to team. say. But but the, D, the DJ, one story we've heard is a good story. DJ's the one because he says Sean's helped me out a ton, and then DJ is interesting, Trev, because he said he never thought about hitting fundamentals and mechanics. It was just he just played mm-hmm. natural for as long as he could, and then he suffered his toe injury, and all of a sudden you felt like he was swinging in a foreign body. But he didn't mm-hmm. know the keywords or like the foot placement, sure. or he didn't know what made him good. So he had to like kind of figure it, go like figure it all out again. He said it was very hard because he never was a guy that like, you know, when you have Donaldson tell you you were a 60, 40 and he was like, DJ's like, what does that, what does that mean? I just go up there hit. So it was interesting. That is interesting. I, you know, like the high velo um, training, I feel like is a little bit of a conversation. I do believe in it, but I believe it's more just eye training than actually taking swings. Cause there's no real, there's no real way to get high velo training that makes any sense or that you can get comfortable with. Now, what they're doing now is they have these machines. They can replicate spin, spin axis, uh, shape, everything you can think of. They can just mimic pitches with these machines. Um, So you see guys taking, you know, swings. Like, for instance, I saw the twins out there. They had the machine out there facing Corbin Burns, so they set it up to mimic his cutter. Such bullshit. You should have seen some of these swings in the cage. I'm like, dude, you guys are mentally it would it would crush me um i i'd prefer to just not swing and just to see it because your swing is going to be there in the game and hitting off a live pitcher is so much different than hitting off a machine so what they're doing now because you mess your hands up so much you get beat off the end of the bat off of you know the label you start to get really timid with your swing what they do now is they're doing these foam balls oh foam balls which is like great Maybe like in the off season, 
But, dude, that doesn't give you real feedback. Uh, they try to make it seem like it does. Like, Driveline has these balls they're selling. They're peddling out to all the kids. Like, hit these foam balls. Like that doesn't give you the real feedback. I think, my opinion, and I'm somewhat of an expert on the yeah. fucking subject. You know more than Don Trigger. Velo needs to be seen with your eyes. You need to train your eyes. So just go in there and stand in. And, you know, give a nice take, an aggressive take. And, you know, the, the, your body, your your swing will be there during the game. But I'll use to this say to... you need to do it every single day and hit against it and try to uh, take batting practice away and do that. Now, I'm not a fan of batting practice every day either. But the I'll... high veto doesn't work because of that. You can't swing against it every day. You can watch it every day. And I would, I actually am on that side. I would tell, if I was a hitting coach, I would set up whether it's an iron mic or some machine i would set it up to 100 miles an hour and just say go go watch 25 to 50 balls 50 whoa that's it all right so well, it slows down it just slows down for you we'll do that tomorrow in the warehouse put the blitz yeah. balls to the machine i'll just watch i won't swing at them this time pretty much everything you just described was like managing the team and as the the organizations get back to letting the manager manage the team. Should the boys take batting practice today? Yeah. Or Should coaching. we have an infield today? I have that as more of a coach. Coach Trev. Thank you. Managers just coach yeah. the coaches, you know? Front office, stay out of it. Just stay out of it. Like you. That's the gist of the article. Preller's very good at evaluating talent and getting talent into his team, and then he squeezes them to death with his micromanaging. Hmm. People have said, I mean, I, excuse me, I've said this before on the show. The role that Sam Fold was in with the Phillies mm. was so good, and every team should have that role. He was just a liaison between the front office and the players. Smart enough to understand what they wanted to do and what the metrics were saying and telling them, but still savvy enough baseball-wise with the lingo to relay it to players. So they felt comfortable and it made sense. Like, that should be a role on every team. A former player who can be that person. Now I know some coaches will do double duty with that and like be the first base coach and also kind of be that. But I think a designated role for that would change cultures of teams and change the relationship between the front office and the players. Big time. Big time. All right. Uh, this next section is going to be called "You're Bad at Symbols," and it's brought to you by. <laughs> It's brought to you by Rock and Money. Oh wow! Because maybe mm. you've maybe uh, with your finances, maybe you've been bad with symbols. Um, everything feels like it's a subs subscription these days, and you don't always cancel them. What Rocket Money is good at, it's finding out your subscriptions and finding out which ones you can easily cancel and get rid of. Save yourself a chunk of change. Use that money. Buy some shady rays. Now you got more money in your bank account and you look cool. Rocket Money, it lets you monitor all your expenses in one place. Three million users, they save an average of $720 a year. Three million times 720. Trev? Three times 720? Stop wasting money on things. You, stop wasting money on things you don't use. E Cancel your unwanted subscription. Manage your money. The easy way, rocketmoney.com slash talking. Rocketmoney.com slash talking. Click the link in the description. Did I get um, that right? 
No one knows. No. Three times 720, 2160. Beebs, me and you are this. You know, 2160, but there's a lot of zeros after E9. Uh, Beebs, I just slacked you an image from the website, MLB.com. Mm. And I know Trev's been going off on the tiebreakers. I'm not really going off on like what the tiebreakers are. I'm just going off specifically the legend on this website is the most preposterous mm-hmm. thing I've ever seen. So for those that are just listening, I'll explain it. For those that are watching on YouTube, BBD has it on the screen. They have a legend here. It's awesome. So it has the Orioles and then all the teams it's competing against. And it lets you know, do they have the tiebreaker? Do they not? Is it undecided? Right? If I was to make the legend, I would say, do they have the tiebreaker? I'd say a check mark is yes. Do they, do they not have the tiebreaker? An X. Kind of universal, right? I think you'd need one more for open, maybe yeah, yeah. an O. For a uh, series. Um, not decided yet. Yeah. Not decided yet. Well, they just, they don't even have a symbol for that. They just say like three games remaining, which is nice. Uh, they have a series finished in a tie and interdivision record is the second tiebreaker. And for that, you, yeah, maybe you do um, an O or just like. Um, Not decided yet. Yeah, like um, like TBD or, or, or no, it's, it's intra-division record, so. Well, head-to-head, I'm saying. Yeah, you would do maybe equal sign because they're equal. Are they? And then head to head. We'll just find it. Anyway, what they chose to do is that if the team has it, they clinched the season series. They did the, I don't even know what this is called, the up arrow thing? Is there a name mm. for that symbol? Carrot? Is it called a carrot? I think you crushed it. I think you just crushed it with the up arrow. Yeah, like pointing up. And if the uh, if they lost it, they did the pound sign or hashtag mm. as people on X know it. X. That doesn't make any sense. And it's very confusing to read because now I got to learn new symbols when checkmark and X already exist. And then season series ended in a tie. Interdivision record is a second tiebreaker. They did a plus symbol, which is a symbol for positivity, which would lead you to believe, yes, they have it. But that's, that's not what it means at all. So I'm not talking gripes with the actual what the tiebreakers are and all that. I just think that this website and the legend is dumb. And I need that to be voiced. You don't need to recreate symbols. You're not bringing me back into this conversation. I already gave my (laughs) tiebreaker like uh, speech. A lot of people were not happy with it. They told me to chill out. It's not that big of a deal. Kind of think it is a big deal because this is like things are as big of a deal as you want to make season. Yeah, that's a good point. But I feel like, you know, when it's deciding a major league baseball season, it's I would I would put that in the big deal category. Well, okay. Easy. Pause on what you're saying. Um X and checkmark exist. Use those. Yeah. Don't be ridiculous. I guess okay, so my one loophole on the what are we, denominations, denotations? Like what what are what are those called? Symbols? Yeah. Right, but there's there's a there's an English grammar phrase when it's like, oh, I'm using an asterisk to denote this. Is it denotations or something? Like I wonder if there's actual grammar rules that they're pretending to use for this or something like that. That's what I don't know. But no, we, we can't be doing that. This is baseball, this is sports. There's simpler ways if that is the, the loophole. Otherwise, just what are we doing? Um and yeah, Trev, I, I think the tiebreakers are important. I 
as you know, I, I live life a little differently that uh, I do want to see these teams figure it out. Like, there, there's a chance that we land on Sunday the 1st and my Diamondbacks continue their four-game win streak and they have one over a spot and the other teams have. But it's most likely we're going to land on Sunday the 1st at Billy's Sports Bar doing a live Blitzball game with the people and we're going to look up and be like, oh, wow. So, wait, the Blue Jays and the Rangers tied? So, who's in the playoffs? So, wait, but hold on. Trev, what's your gripe? I know you did this last episode, but, like, you don't like, like, head-to-head as the first tiebreaker makes sense, no? I like head-to-head because, yes, you had, uh, you know, chance to play these teams. One thing I will say about head-to-head is, obviously, you might play a team yep. six times. You might play them 13 times. You could have played them uh, in – May, for God's sake. The last time you played a team could have been that early on in the season. But head-to-head, great. You had a chance to play. The interdivision record makes no sense to me because look at the divisions. You guys always talk about how crappy the AO Central is. So you might be in just a, a tough division, and that hurts you because this team played against these teams 13 times, and you only got to play against them six. So it's not a balanced thing whatsoever. I have thoughts. You just opened my mind a lot. So when it comes to the divisions, like if the Rays and the Orioles are tied for the AL East, head-to-head is an awesome first one. I think it makes sense. They're in the same division. and Odd amount of games, too. That's the other part that gets me is like we're playing six games and that's how we An odd amount of games. And intra-division makes sense because you're both in the same division. How'd you fare against That's the thing is let's just not have an even amount of games. Then we don't have to have a second tiebreaker. But – I almost disagree now entirely, and I didn't know this was a stance I had, with those being the first two for the wild card. And I guess that's where I'm now landing on the same page as you. Intradivision. So wait, if the Rangers and the Blue Jays tie for the third wild card and they split their season series three to three, is there actually an example of this on my? So, so yes, yeah, so the Mariners, the Mariners, and the Blue Jays split their season series three to three. But because Toronto's in the ALE, I mean, so ALE's, wait, they're getting ju- so interdivision is the wild card second tiebreaker. It's not. It should just be. Yes, it just should be versus AL and take the NL no. games out of it. And how'd you fare against the AL? Wouldn't that make well? That is that 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 is what it is. That is not that would the, be oh, the AL entirely. Yes. Okay. But there, it's the AL wild card. It makes so much sense. You're not fighting for the first place in the division where you would use the division as the how'd you fare. You're fighting for the AL. That makes no sense. I'm I'm fully on the same page as you, or maybe even more so. It just seems yeah. like fucking easy. Why would the Blue Jays games against the Rays, Yankees, and Orioles stack up evenly or matter in a comparison to the Mariners games against the Rangers, Angels, Astros. That makes no it's, sense. I've been trying to say it. I here's the thing that I keep landing on though. As I you know combat these tiebreakers and and want to figure it out, I just get I get pulled into the universal uh, schedule. The you know everybody plays everyone the same yeah. amount of times, and like I think that's kind of boring too. So I get to this point where I want everything to be fair and equal, where everyone's playing the same schedule. But then it's like, well, what do you do with divisions then? Do we really, like, there needs to be a massive realignment, sure. But, like, sometimes a, a little part of me 
maybe it's a young Trev or something, wants there to be that, I don't think human element is the right word, but a little bit of like, well, I don't know. Like, that's just how it's, that's just how it is. Ultimately, I think the best thing for baseball would to be for everyone to play the same teams the same amount of time. I don't even know if that's possible. It must be possible. Uh, I don't think that's, I don't disagree with that being the best. Like I, I like being regional. You're always going to run into these problems unless you have a different way to, to, if you have another idea for a tiebreaker. My first would be league. It's the wild card for the whole AL. Yeah. That one's, that one gets a little tough for me because I do, I, I think for player exposure, every team should play everyone, and then well, they do. We do do that, but not yeah. equally. But I, that's what I'm saying. If if the AL got decided by AL, that becomes a tricky thing because then, okay, you're a team what at division the division. You're in still mad. You're at the end of a three game set, and you're playing in you're playing an NL team. Are you going to rest your relievers because you're playing an AL team the next what day? What about you do it versus co divisions? Winning percentage, Blue Jays versus AL West. Rangers versus AL East. It feels like, if we're being honest, baseball is two schedule iterations away, and that's probably adding two teams, realigning divisions. And I I think something is basic, and we touched upon it last time, but, you know, for the teams not in your division, either play five or seven games a year and just rotate who has the four-game homestand or the three-game homestand. Like, that, that feels like the easiest solution to me. Um, because then there's then there's no conversation. Like, it, yes, it sucks if you if you played all your games in May and you were a different team then. But at least like that was laid out before the season, and it makes sense. Okay, here's the twin. This is, I mean, we're getting into the weeds. I don't think anybody really wants to hear this anymore. But for the Twins, they played the Mariners seven times, the Rangers seven times, but the Astros six times. How does that make any sense? Mm. It makes no sense. So I don't know, man. I'm trying to. I'm I'm done talking about it. I'm I am going to wait until the last series, and then we'll kind of have like we'll have the idea what this team needs to go, what this team needs to go. It won't be. It's not like it's like confusing for me or confusing. It's just. It shouldn't be this much work to figure out what's going on. I think the Rangers would have, if you did this the whole league, the Rangers would have it over the Blue Jays. Oh, just the AL, okay. Yeah, because the the Rangers did bad in interleague play. And the Blue Jays did really good in interleague play. Judging against divisions makes no sense for the wild card. Yeah, I mean, this is all this is all new stuff. So it's it's. Uh, they, I have an they idea. Sat down over the off season and did this. And- Go back to not having expanded playoffs. I I mean, I don't know. I, I I like that there's a bunch of teams in the race. I know you don't like that there's kind of like some mediocre teams in the race. There's a bunch of What's teams in the, the race that you have no faith in. To win a divisional series, the AL is a beautiful the, example. The, the NL is a bad example. Yeah, like we got, yeah. we've gotten both in one year. Yeah, the true, lowest. Sure, the AL is a good example. The lowest a record to get in AL. is going to be what right now? I mean, look, there's the Reds, Miami, and Chicago, all have 79 wins right now. They all have different amounts of games left. 
Like, so every team is going to be over 500, which is nice. Nobody's going to sneak in with a sub 500 record. Uh, I like that. Um, should you be rewarded for going 83 and 79? I don't know. You'd like to see the last NL team get in at 86, 87. Um, which again, I mean, that's that's Reds not. Reds great... are projected for 86. Cubs are projected on baseball reference projected for 88. Marlins projected I mean, for the, 87. The Phillies are going to win. I mean, they're 82 and 69 right now, which means they have 11 games left. Say they go six, they get six wins out of those 11 games, kind of play right over 500 ball, then they get to 88. That's a little high. I could see an 85 win team sneaking in. That's yeah, the last the last NL team we've got a chance that it's ugly. But hopefully I guess I just need one of the leagues to be like the AL this year where I ha- I think a lot of them are contenders. Yeah. Cuz if you get you run into a year where both are just kind of like races just for races, that stinks. It's nice for the fan bases though that get to you know, continue to be a part of the postseason talk and they don't have to totally switch gears to football. That's what's good about this for Major League Baseball is you get football kicking down the door in September saying, here here I am, fucking 20 million people watching a Thursday night game. It's ridiculous. I mean, that's what that's what Major League Baseball has to compete with at this time. So no, I kind of like the fact that... They don't have to that, compete with that. Well, I mean, that's you're going to lose eyeballs. If your team is not in the race, they ain't watching baseball anymore. But it's like They're saying we have to compete team. with Mr. Beast. Like, no, we don't. We can both exist. We're, well, we're sports fandom and for, you know, it's. Yeah, I think I actually, I your, think your point different. is good. Like, yeah. base, their, the expanded playoffs is not. I just don't think. I don't know if their intent is. It's it's serving the regional fan, which baseball is a regional game. So maybe now you're you're changing my mind. It's just not serving the national audience, which I don't know if internally they know that. Did you see the football uh football's doing uh a complete game in the Toy Story like animation and showing it to kids? Like I don't know if that's going to work, but that's the forward thinking that baseball needs. You need the kids. Like the slime game and all that stuff. It might seem silly to adults. Yeah, I don't know, but I I've shared my stance on this a ton, but I don't agree with. It. I think you need kids to play baseball. I mean, I don't know. Turn them into fans when they're older. A little bit of both. Can it hurt? Yeah. Yeah, we talked about this a lot. I I mean, mean, where I'm at, youth baseball is is very hot, and I know that's not the case all around the country, but... I I feel like youth baseball held off lacrosse pretty good. Like, Lax made their run, and I feel like baseball's kind of back. It's just very expensive to play lacrosse. And and I don't know when we were kids, it had too much of the football mentality. Where I was like, "Oh my god!" Yeah, I I see more kids in Southern California now coming from football. Yeah, like they're not playing football in the fall, like they're playing baseball because I, I just don't think like tackle football is like yeah for the youth around me. All the parents that I talked to, like, no way. Flag football, sure, they're still yeah. playing flag football, but like. The tackle programs, the Pop Warner programs that used to be around and and um, you know have like so many players, multiple teams at each age level. That's not the case anymore. Yeah, which I think is kind of like a lot of like there's a ton of examples of NFL players that didn't play football till freshman year of high school, like tackle football. Yeah. Oh yeah. But also, 
for me, football, the math never made sense. Practice five times to play once. I was like, that's so fucking stupid. It's just <laughs> well, that's their secret is why why they're so popular. The one day a week. Well, yeah, but the, all the all the practice is like my, when my dad signed me up. When was a middle school or something? I was like, what? Practice four times to play once. Like hockey was practice twice to play three times. Baseball was practice once to play like two times. Much better. I don't know how we got here. Know how we got here, Trev? DraftKings Sportsbook. Because guess guess what? A couple of those teams we just mentioned are going to be playing playoff baseball. Is it you, Cincy? Is it you, Miami? It's probably them snakes. And if you place a $5 bet on baseball, you'll get $200 instantly in bonus bets. Take those bonus bets. Make a couple high-risk ones. If one of those pays out, you're sitting pretty. So what are you doing? Download the DraftKings Sports We have now and use code TALKING. New customers can score $200 instantly in bonus bets for betting $5 on baseball. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code TALKING. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777. Visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, licensee partner, Golden Nugget Lake Charles, 21 plus, ages varied by jurisdiction, void in Ontario, cdkng.co slash Baseball for eligibility terms and responsible gaming resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. Nice job, Jay. Great job. Your favorite, your favorite team to bet on? Um, I'll say this. Um, one of the one of our a laugh me and my sister got. My dad's been retired for a few years. Uh, he gave us very nice Christmas gifts one year. Um, and he goes, yeah, I had a pretty good year. And me and my sister were like, what? You're retired. UConn men's basketball won the national title that year. And I think nice. I think dad, mm. I think dad played that strategically. So it was pretty Ooh. funny that that was a good <laughs> financial yeah. year for him. I'd like that. So, Go Huskies, baby. Yeah. He didn't answer the question at all. UConn. I like your dad. I like your dad. Do you want to run down this uh, list quickly, or what do you think? Mm, what time are we at? No. <laughs> we have a list here. Uh, Ten big offseason additions who have been crucial for contenders. They are ranking Dansby Swanson as the number one. I mean, obviously, the shortstop position is pretty, uh, a pretty crucial position to be very good defensively at, which he has been. He's in the top of defensive metrics over there. And also, he's got MLB leading 19 outs above average and uh, solid offensive production, 20 home runs, 750 OPS, solid. Um, I'm counting 20 as an illegal number to showcase home runs anymore, just to let you know, Trev. What's that? My home run count, for it to be a stat that is associated with you having a good season as a player, 20 is very antiquated. That's very 1990s, uh, late 90s. What is it now? 25 minimum with something else. You hit 30, you're a home run hitter. But we're throwing the the number 20 around too loosey-goosey, in my opinion. 
I'm okay, sure Dan's paired with I, and I'm not else. trying to knock Dansby. I bet he has other stats in the slash line and the counting that would be a better way to celebrate him offensively. Okay. I'm looking at uh okay, so who were the the big shortstop signed this offseason? It was Dansby, Trey Turner, Trey Turner, it was Xander Bogarts, and Carlos Correa. Carlos Correa to my twins. Forgot yeah. about that whole saga. Yeah. And if we're looking at Fangrass, I have the shortstop leaderboard up. It would be Dansby Swanson, uh, first place in front of all those guys at a 4-9 Fangrass war. A lot of it is defensively uh, marked, but that's fine. That's uh, one of the calling cards of shortstop. You got to play. Bogart's not too far behind him, actually. Uh, he's got a 4-1. And then after that, Carlos Correa, 1-1. And I'm looking for Trey Turner. He's got a 3-7. So Dansby has topped all those guys while taking in substantially less money. So, I mean, I guess you got to give snaps to the Cubs for that. Him and Belly. Belly came in at three on this list, and I think people were kind of wondering if that was like a... I think people were a little surprised at first because it was kind of like MVP Belly for a little bit, like OPS in the nines. He's doing everything. I, I kind of like it because what Dansby has done for that team, moving Horner to second, allowing him to have the massive season he's had, 40 stolen bases, the defense he plays over there. Um, obviously, Belly has been massively important to their season too, but Dansby was like the culture change. And a uh, second biggest contract I think the Cubs have ever given out, Jason Hayward. I love it. Good for Dansby, man. A lot of people were talking crap about him. And he just shows up and plays a really solid shortstop and can do a lot of different things on the field. I like versatile players, man. It's nice. Sean Murphy's a huge one. I mean, for the the Braves, they acquired him before the season. He leads the league in hit by pitches, which is great, and that helps him maintain his 372 on base. That's awesome. As well as four being... and five on this list is hilarious because it's Luisa Rise <laughs> for the Marlins and then Pablo Lopez for the Twins. It's like, hey, nice swapsies. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Both like, worked out. Needed it. Marlins didn't need another pit, uh, starting pitcher. Twins sure as shit needed another starting pitcher. And then, you know, the Twins had uh, a couple guys Polanco, Eddie Julian at second base. I like it. I said it from the get-go. I think this is going to be a trade that benefits both teams. And Arise, when he was hitting 400 through whatever amount of games, it seemed like, oh, this might be a lopsided thing. But if you go look at the body of work that Lopez has done and, and you see him around the clubhouse, you understand, hey, it's it's a great trade. I don't think any team, I don't think either side would be like, oh, no, we want the other guy back. I think it's worked out. Uh, Zach Eflin's on this list for the Rays. The biggest thing, he's, uh, he's having a good year, but just the stability he's brought, 29 starts there the whole time is uh, pretty huge. I feel like they have Chris Bassett too low. Agree, but he was my guy. Favorite signing of the offseason. I didn't see David Robertson on this list, Trev. Um, no, he's closing out games for the Marlins now. Sorry. Oh. And they're in contention. What hurts Chris Bassett Same. is he has three stinkers. He's got a four innings pitch, seven earned runs, and then a three innings pitch, eight, and a 3.19. So that hurts his ERA. That's three of 31 starts. He has the second most starts in MLB where he completed six innings and allowed two earned runs or less. So those three are really just 
you know, outliers of the the other 28 are pretty good starts. And I think that David Robertson him. had a David Robertson had 205 through 40 games for the Mets. Just I want to let you know that. Oh, okay. and so, then the season ended, I guess. That was his that, that was Trev's favorite signing. I had him, I Jose think, Abreu. I think we did best else. value. I think we did best. Yeah. Oh, I did Correa because I said what I he brings to the Twins, what it means to their organization. Like if they didn't get him, it'd be it set him back a little bit. And then and like I do believe that first week of the season, D Rob had two saves, and Trevor was like, "This is what I'm talking about." He had a great run with the Mets. <laughs> the, the Marlins awesome run hasn't nice. been as good. He's had he's you know got a few saves. He's saving it for saves. October. He's got 11.9 Ks per nine. With the Marlins. That's gross. A couple stinkers. That's what they say about us. His Mets half was really good. Abreu is a, a miss a little bit, although he's got it going. Ish. Well, they should just cheer for him. Like that was a, it was a miss. Yeah, it's a cheer for him. Every he's team's trying to do that bit. now. You can't just... <laughs> it's got to be real, people. <laughs> the Twins try to do it with Correa and like five people still. Kind of can't copy that. <laughs> no. Well, you should, but it has to be real. Or ever, you have to like get to like the like entire stadium like to follow. The kinda, you can't just have like a, a, a half seas or like a. Oh, you need collective buy-in. It has to be a moment, right? Like it either like if something bad <laughs> happens the day before, or if it's like a base is loaded. Like, hey, we're still here for you. Like, no, let's go. No, it has to be no moment. That's what Trey Turner was. It was just very much like, dude, we want you to be good. We love you, no matter what. It was. Yeah, but Twins fans don't have that for Correa. No, no. They're very scared about the injuries. That I mean, and Yankees fans don't do that, and maybe they should, but they they would have to like find some of What Yankee Joey fans do Gallo. is... It, yeah, they did do it for Gallo, but it sucked. But I remember when, <laughs> when Jeter went through his worst slump, they booed him like the night before, and then they would start every game before his at-bat. That's exactly what I was just saying. Yeah. Like, you got to pick it up from the day before. But in New York, I don't know if, if Trey, like, struck out after the applause, if they would have turned to booze. In New, in New York, that would be then you boo afterwards. But applause before. All right, I'm going to pee my pants. Good talking ball. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. I'm trying to get to 100K. It'd be awesome. It'd be so cool. Knock it on the door. Big oh announcement next week. Jake's pregnant. Congratulations. Save it for next week. You guys aren't supposed to joke about that. I'm dressed like I'm at a gender reveal party right now. You are. Which one is it? Which one is it? Hat or shirt. Hat or shirt. I'm going to be naked next episode. I'll do a naked up. <laughs>